Right. Well, good morning or good day or however you're watching this online. Uh, we're so glad that we were able to be together now. Hey, I got to say, uh, I apologize if I hindered anybody's worship when I didn't turn off my mic and you got to hear uh, why I'm not part of uh, the worship team, okay? Uh, God didn't gift me in that way, but man, I am a worshiper. I love worshiping the Lord and uh, what a rich time we had just had. And, uh, and, and I know that God is on the move. Amen. And God's not done yet. God continually wants to, to push us and move us towards him and his will for our lives. And so I really believe that God did an amazing work. Can we give God the praise and the glory one more time for his goodness? You know, we uh, just completed a 21-day uh, focus of prayer and fasting here at our church. And so if you were part of that, thank you so much for, for joining us in this. Uh, maybe for some of you guys, this is the first time you've ever done something like this. And I want to say, way to go. Uh, I know you got a lot of things from it. So, so continue to be in practice of this throughout the year. Don't just make it a one-time-of-the-year thing, but make sure that you value this and put it into your year, okay? Because it's important for us to take time to pull ourselves aside and focus more on what God wants to do through a season of fasting and praying. I know that, that I always get enriched and refreshed each time I set myself apart for prayer and fasting with the Lord. Well, we are wrapping up our series, our first uh, series of the year that's talking about practice. Everybody say practice. 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 And we've been talking about the things that we want to practice in our lives, things that we want to create in our lives. Because I said this, I said, what you practice or uh, you are what you practice the most. You are what you practice the most. And, uh, and so we need to bring things in our lives to help us because what you practice makes all the difference in your life of where you're heading and where you want to go. Well, in week one, we talked about practice, the practice of controlling our tongue. How I many of you were challenged with that one? I mean, it's, it's, it's different, right, when you start to think more about what you're going to say. And you're going to say, am I going to use my words to help build people up, or am I going to use my words to weigh people down? And so, um, so that's what I hope that we're in the practice of here at Grace Church, is that we're using and choosing our words wisely. In week two, we talked about the practice of sacrifice, that sacrifice isn't a natural thing we want to do. We have to die to the selfish part of us by putting others before ourselves, by serving and not always expecting to be served, by giving so that others can have, and by using our, our platforms and our positions to help highlight others. And we need to live the sacrificial life because that's how Jesus modeled it for us. Well, today, we're going to talk about the practice of living in community. Living in community. Now, you might think to yourself, you say, you know, community sounds nice, sounds good. Like, who wouldn't want to? Well, I'm going to show you that there's a definition in the Bible that I think uh, that we need to, to, to look at and we need to understand because I think maybe we might not be doing the community that we're hoping to get. But the Bible helps clarify that and says, okay, what is the kind of community that God calls us into in our lives? What are the things we got to practice in living with community? Now, Misty and I, if you know us, you know that this is a high value of our lives. We love living in community with the people of faith. We've, no matter where we lived in life, we've always searched for that community of faith, the community of believers to help us and to grow us and to challenge us. Uh, that's a high value, and you're going to hear us talk about that all the time. You've probably said, I've already heard messages like this. Well, you're going to hear more. It's not going to stop today. Like, I just believe in this because I believe that's what God called us to, is to live in community with one another, with one another. And so, so we're going to do that. 
And I think the truth is this, is that you cannot, um, if you cannot find community in the church you attend, then you're going to the wrong church. Because this is supposed to be a community of people. People that are in, in life together, doing life together. Because if you can't be in community with the people that you go to church with, then you're never going to feel at home here. You're going to feel like this is part of a family, and that's really what God called us to be, is to be a family, to be together, to, to, to know each other, to, to let our guards down, to let people into our lives. I mean, this is a high value of ours. Even in our core values here at Grace, it's community and authenticity. And so you need to have relationships with one another. You need to have relationships with the people that you, that you go to church with. I believe that's what God called us to. So how do we do this? How do we, how do we practice this? Because there's going to be things and challenges that are going to come against us, and I want to talk about that. But I'm not just saying that, that finding community is just attending church. It's a whole lot more than that. It's understanding how you can link up your lives together. Because God intentionally brought us together. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God brought you here on purpose? I believe it. I believe every single one of you is called to be here. You should feel called to be here. You should feel like you belong here, that there's a place for you here, that you have something to contribute to enrich what God is doing here, to be part of the mission that God has called this church to be. We all play part in that. It's not just the few that you see up here on stage, but it's all of us. That's what God is doing here. That's the kind of church that we are. I believe that God intended our faith not to be lived out alone. He calls us to be together. He calls us to grow together. And see, God always intended for this to happen. I mean, even throughout Scripture, you always see that it's always based on people in groups, people in community, people doing life together. Because God knows this, the people that you surround yourself with matter to him. It should matter to you, who you choose to bring into your life, who you bring in. Because he says that as, as, as uh, uh, one man, like iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We need people in our lives that's going to help us be better. That, that, that's going to help us grow in the areas that we know that we're supposed to grow in. You know, we say this thing at, at here all the time. It says, we are better together. How many believe that? We are better together. We can accomplish more together. Or we say together. But this takes practice. This doesn't always come natural for us. But we have to fight for this community. We have to, we have to grow to be people of community. But I believe that's what God wants. I believe it, it matters to him. And God gives us clear instructions in his word about, about how we do this and why this is so important, the people that we bring into our lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, he tells us this. He says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Careful who you bring in close. People that are going to help you or people that are going to pull you away. He says this in Proverbs 13, 20. He says, walk Walk with the wise and become wise. How many of you want to become wise? Are you hanging out with people that can bring wisdom to your life? He says, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Proverbs 12 to 26 says, the righteous choose their friends carefully, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Proverbs 18, 24 says, there are friends who destroy each other. Man, we've been talking about that with, with how we use our words. But I love this. It says, but a real friend sticks closer 
than a brother. Now, there is lots more scripture in, in regards to who we bring in our lives, who we're in relationship with, these friendships that we get to choose. There's lots of scripture. I'll give you one more here. Proverbs 27, 9, it says, the heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. Isn't that true? To have somebody that can come into your life and speak life into you and encourage you when you need it, give you counsel. The people that you turn to, that, 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 that you know you can't go to everybody, but you can go to them. I mean, doesn't that do something to your spirit? Doesn't that relax your soul to have those conversations with those people? See, God intends for us to have that, to experience that. And where should we have that? We should have that here in the body of believers. But we have to choose to be in practice of this. We have to choose to, to be in a habit of, of continually wanting to have this in our church community because I'm telling you, there's everything out there that's the forces out there that are trying to get us to separate and disconnect and disengage, but this is where we have to fight and link up and say, no, this matters because if it matters to God, it's got to matter to me. It's got to matter to us. See, we have to choose to be intentional in building up these relationships. But I know there's some challenges there's some challenges, but we have to break through those challenges. We have to get through those challenges. I believe that's what God wants, though. He wants us to have these relationships. He wants the church to be known for these types of relationships. You've got to have people in your life that, that, that aren't afraid to challenge you, aren't afraid to tell you the truth. You've got to have people in your life like that, people that are going to push you towards Jesus. But here's the big question that I, that I want to start off with this morning is are you intentional in fostering these types of relationships here in your church community? Are you intentional about it? Are, are you seeking that? Is that part of why you're part of a community like this? Because God, like I said, placed you here for a reason. And he's got people in your life that he wants you to meet, that he wants you to link up with, because he knows that they're going to help you. They're going to walk with you. They're going to help challenge you in areas you need to be challenged in. The Bible's really clear about having to, to be around people that we could be your real self with, to be authentic. And that's also another core value of ours. But we are called to live in community. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 4, 16. Many times when Paul is writing to the churches and he's, he's telling them about how to build these relationships and how vital it is for their survival, how vital it is for the mission of Jesus to go out, the gospel to be spread, all the cool things that they feel called to do, the great commission. But he says, in order for you to do that, you have to get this straight. You have to understand this and you have to be together. You have to build each other up. You have to become one. And he uses this analogy a lot when he's writing these letters, and he talks about how the body, he says, you all have a body, and you know how all the parts of your body, they come together, they function together for one purpose, for the body, for the whole. And so he uses that analogy a lot. In this, he says, he makes the whole body mean in Christ, the Lord, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does his own special work, it helps the other parts grow that's your part in my life and in the life of the people around you is to help them grow so that the whole body is healthy. You're part of the health of the church and growing and full of love. Again, in Colossians, he's, he's talking about this again, and he says, above all, chapter 3, verse 14, he says, above all. In other words, this is important that you hear this. Everything that I shared with you, he says, but this, this is important. Above all, clothe yourself with love which binds us together in perfect harmony. It's going to be our love that's going to hold us together. How I many you know that love covers a multitude of sins, right? 
I mean, you know that love is what causes us to, to really grow and be in deeper relationship with one another. It's not just, it's just, not just uh, uh, surface love, but it's, it's getting to know each other kind of love. And it says this, verse 15, he says, and let the peace that comes from God rule in your hearts that we would receive peace as we have relationship with one another, as we are in harmony with one another. As for members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ and all his richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other. That's part of our job is to help teach and counsel one another. That's how we're going to grow with all wisdom that he gives, that you get to share what God is saying to you. What, what I loved about this season of fasting and praying as we got into the Word of God together and that plan is that you guys were doing that. Those of you who were part of that online group, you guys were sharing what God was teaching you through his Word, and it was building up and edifying those that were watching and listening and reading. It's so awesome how God does that. And it says this, is that when we gather together with a purpose, it says that we are to sing psalms and hymns, and that's what we do when we gather, praising God with spiritual songs with thankful hearts. Doesn't that encourage you to be around people who are praising God like you praise God, that are singing these songs and it resonates with them the way it resonates with you? There's something about that. We've got to be in the practice of this. Now, this isn't just a nice idea. God is making it clear that it's a necessity. That is vital for our Christian walk. You were not meant to live this Christian walk alone. I'm afraid that some of us are convinced that, that it's okay, that we could just do this on our own, that it's just me and the Holy Spirit, and that's enough. But God, if you're really trusting and being led by the Holy Spirit, he's going to draw you to the body of Christ. He's going to embed you into the body of Christ. He's going to lead you into that direction. You know, Jesus is our great example, and we see Jesus model this throughout his ministry. In the 33 and a half years that he lived this life on earth, he, he brought in community, didn't he? That was, that was what he was known for. He would draw people in. He would do life with them. He knew the importance of it. You know, I think one of the hindrances in our Western culture today is, is um, we like to put up fences and we like to hang out in our garages, right? We, we, we like, and what I mean by that is like, is like just in our society, we've made our homes like these fortresses where we keep everybody out and keep, every, and keep us in. And, and it's just such a different culture than where the Bible was written from. You know, we have to understand that. Now, I'm not saying that, that you don't need to have this, this home that, that you feel like is, is yours, and, and, and there's reasons to have boundaries. That's not what I'm saying, is that you should just open it up to anyone and everyone, but I'm saying that, that there's something about bringing people into your space, bringing into your life, bringing into your home. I learned a lot about people when I, when I enter their, their, their homes, and they learn a lot about me when they enter my home. I mean, there's something special. There's, there's a connection. There's a, there's a grow of a relationship that happens when... I let them into my space. Let them into where I live. So are you doing that? Are you inviting people into your life, into your spaces? Are you willing to allow others to come in and, and see you for you? To see the realness of you? Some of us are afraid of that, aren't we? Some of us, even the thought gets you anxious right now. You're like, oh man, that's a little too much. But we have to trust this process because that's what God wants. He wants us to be in relationship like this. You know, is there people that could just show up at your house and, you know, you're, not, you're a little nervous about what they're going to see when they come to your house? Or are there people that you have in your life that can come in and, 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 and you know that like, you feel at peace about them coming in in that moment? 
You got to have people like that in your life. Now, I'm not talking about the gift of hospitality. I mean, there's times where we know people are going to show up. There's an appointed time. We clean up. We polish it. We know we get everything ready for them, right? And that's needed. That's good. And there's times where you got to have people in your life that can just come and, and see the realness of your life. Because I think it's in that space that you can be real and you can be honest. And, when, and they can come in and they can speak life. They can encourage you. And you can do the same. Because our, our life with the Lord, walking with him, is not meant to be in isolation. You know, when Misty and I, uh, when we lived in Missouri, we, uh, for a couple of years, we, we actually lived next to an Amish community. Uh, I got lots of wild and crazy stories about that experience, uh, being a city boy like myself and being next to the Amish. I mean, that was comical in itself. Um, but what I thought was interesting is, is that there was something that I envied about this community, and, and it wasn't, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, they, they rode in a horse and buggy all the time. I mean, uh, but, but they knew the sense of community. They did community well. You know, I would, I, would, I would watch them move around, and we shared the same road as them, and, and so I would see them get in their horse and buggy, and it didn't matter if it was like freezing cold outside, but they would, they would travel sometimes miles to go see their community, to be with their community, to be at home with one another, to share meals with one another. I mean, they're constantly moving and working and hanging out. I mean, there was something beautiful about this sense of community. And I think even though that our lives aren't as simple as theirs, that our lives are more, you know, full and we have a lot of more things that, that we get involved with. But I do feel like there's something that gets taken away when we get distracted and we put our lives all full and we don't value this sense of community. And I would see that in them and I'd say, man, that, that, that's so amazing. You know, one time when we were there, um, there was a tornado that came through and it actually ripped through their community and it just knocked down a house. It just tore down the house. Luckily, nobody was killed, nobody was harmed, but the house was gone. And what was amazing is that a couple of days later, this community all came together and they rebuilt that house in one day, right? It was amazing to me, but I saw the sense of community come around when there was a house that was demolished when there was rubble on the ground and he saw destruction, but yet this community said, you know what, we're going to stop what we're doing and we're going to come around and we're going to rally around this family and we're going to resurrect this. We're going to bring this back and restore this. That's what community should be. That's what community should be. Now, I understand that there are some challenges, though, with trying to establish this in a church community. And I want us to be bold enough today to, to, to decide, decide together that we're going to face these challenges because we know the importance of, of practicing living in community. What's interesting, though, is as I'm looking at these practices that we have to do, things that we have to break, and, and, and when I try to break a bad habit or if I try to break and change something, what I do is I don't just stop doing something, but I also start doing something else. And so what I'm going to give you is that if we ought to break certain things, that challenge us and hinder this community to happen here, we got to add something to it. The first one is this, insecurity. Doesn't that stop us from getting to really know each other, get, being able to live in this kind of type of community? Insecurity. And we have to identify that. We have to understand that we have these insecurities that we got to work through. We need to practice building up our confidence muscle. We do. That's how we help ourselves. We, we got to understand who we are in Christ. We need to believe that we're worth somebody, some, for somebody else to invest in. Some of us just don't believe that. 
And we also have to believe that and have the confidence that we can come and contribute to other people's lives. And, and, and you know, I talked about the words we say, and you know, you know the person that you talk to the most is yourself, your self-talk. And so if you want to build up your confidence, then get in Scripture and find out what God says about you. Write down what God, who, who God says you are. Read those scriptures out loud to yourself so that you can build up that confidence muscle. Not confidence in pride, but confidence in understanding that I am built for this. God has called me to this. That God said that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. That God is the one who's given me the gifts that I can give and contribute. I mean, you got to believe this stuff. And you got to put into practice what you say you believe. And you got to speak that over your life. So in order to practice community, you must be willing to practice building up our confidence in the Lord for what he says. The second thing is sacrifice. And I've been talking about sacrifice, but it's going to require that. If you want to build community right, there's going to be some sacrifices. There's going to be things in our life, because here's the thing, we get so busy, and instead of working towards community, we can pull back and we can just indulge too much in things that makes us run from community, run from people. You know, we, we, want, we want to have more of those binge moments where we're sitting on the couch eating chips and guacamole. Or is that just me? Right? I mean, there's so many other things that could take place of this type of working through community. We just want to pull back. And I think what happens is that we're just exhausted. We run ourselves tired. And so the thought of hanging out with people, and it's exhausting for some of us. And going to another thing and another event, another, just to build community, we get tired, we get worn out. But you know what we're going to combat that with? Learning the rhythm of Sabbath. I think a lot of times is we're not understanding that, that God called us to take a, one day a week for us to refresh and get some rest. I think we're just so excited for all the doing that, and we neglect that part of us. And so we don't want to invest in community. We want to want to get together with people because it's just exhausting for us. But if we learn the rhythm of Sabbath, if we do what God said for us to do so that we could be refreshed and recharged, then, then the rest of the week we'll be ready. The rest of the week we'll, we'll be coming on a, a full tank, not an empty tank. And we can really engage and invest and focus on the people that we want to bring into our lives. And so if we want to combat that challenge then we have to learn how to practice the rhythm of Sabbath. The third thing is pride. And pride, pride gets in the way, doesn't it? Pride of believing that you don't need anybody. Pride if you're worried about what other people think about you too much. Pride of, of, of worried about what they're going to think of your home or what they're going to, or, or uh, this false identity that we have, that we got to have everything perfect, everything all together, that we're Superman or Superwoman. And, we, and if they really got to know us, then they're, they're not going to think highly of us. I mean, th- this pride gets in and stops community. But the Bible tells us this, is that pride comes before the fall. How do we defeat this challenge of pride that stops us, this hindrance? Well, we need humility, don't we? We need to be willing to, to be called out at times. We, we need to be willing to receive help. Even when it, it's hard for us, even when it's in our mess and the ugliness of our life, but we need to be able to reach out, be humble enough to say, you know, I, I need you. I can't do this on my own. I can't fix this. I've tried, but I need you. You need to be willing to, to, to acknowledge that. You be humble enough to just say, at times, forgive me. We need to practice community, and that means that we would be required to practice being more humble. 
Fourth thing is forgiveness. This is a big one. This is what breaks up lots of community. This is what hinders us. This is what creates division and walls. Is this unforgiving spirit. We might show up at church together, but man, there's walls all everywhere. There's separation happening. And I think a lot of it is unforgiveness. Well, let me tell you, it's messy being in relationships. It's never always going to be clean. There's going to be times where the community and someone in the community, they're going to hurt you. I'm just going to tell you right now, this is it. They're going to hurt you sometimes. They're going to offend you sometimes. They're going to irritate you at times. Well, guess what? So you're going to do the same. (laughs) And we need to understand that. There's a reason why Jesus constantly told us, he says, forgive like I've forgiven you. I mean, that's got to be what we strive for. Say, you know what, I'm going I'm to keep a, a humble heart, and I'm going I'm to forgive, and I'm going to ask for forgiveness. We have to keep our short accounts with one another. We've got to practice this. We've got to be in routine of this. We've got to let go of our insecurities. We've got we to talk to people and share what we're going through, and, and we have to sacrifice to build these relationships, and we have to genuinely ask for forgiveness and, and believe them when they tell us and ask us for forgiveness. We got to let go of pride and become more humble. See, to practice living in community requires practice of confidence, means getting in the rhythm of a Sabbath, means to humble yourself, and you need to be somebody who can forgive. You know, when I, when I share stuff like this, you know, I, I've had people complain about churches and, and different churches that they go to, or, or maybe in this church, I, I, but I hear this sometimes. People get really upset and they go, you know, you know, church is just a bunch of cliques. Just a bunch of cliques, just a bunch of groups of people, and I just can't break in, and I don't feel comfortable, I don't like it. And, and, and I try to listen really closely. And I, here's the thing, I have a problem if the church is unfriendly. And I've walked into some places and some spaces that were in church gatherings or places that weren't church gatherings where people were unfriendly, and that was a major turnoff. So I'm sorry if you felt like you've had a, a, an experience where you came in and the people were unfriendly. That is not of God. That is not okay. But I'm somebody who doesn't necessarily think that groups are bad. I think that it's important to have groups of people, smaller groups of people that you really do this, this inner connection with. You know, think about Jesus. Jesus modeled this out, right? He had 12. He had many followers, but he had 12 that he brought in. And out of the 12, what did he do? He had three that he brought into the inner circle, the three that he knew he can call on at the midnight hour. You know, for you, it's okay for you to have those, those two or three people that you really bring in a little closer in your life. That's not a bad thing. That's a needed thing. There's room for the big, and there's also got to be room for the small. For that, for that small circle of, your, of people that you really connect with, that you're really in relationship with, that really know you, I think both are needed. Now, if you're in a Bible study or a Bible group, sometimes that could be that group for you. Or maybe it's just a couple, one or two people from that group that you really bring in and have this dialogue with and, and work through life with. But the enemy will try to go in there and he try to separate, he try to give you these evil thoughts about, about nobody, nobody likes you, nobody, nobody wants to do this with you. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You need to have the confidence to step in there and say, you know what, if that's not happening in my life, if I'm still new to a community, then I got to take the initiative and I got to step out because this is what God called us to be. And we got to step out of these four walls. Hebrews chapter 12 or 10, 23 He says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promises faithful, 
And let us consider how we may spur each other on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more to see the day approaching. I love this language because he says we got to hold on to something. We, gotta, we can't swerve from these things. And what is it? Meeting together, being together. Now, I, 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 I know that the church, this church, has changed dramatically this year. I don't know if you've noticed that, but it's changed dramatically. Now, I'll tell you, being online, it's been a blessing, but it also has been one of the biggest challenges, hasn't it? I know people online could say amen to that, especially in trying to stay and, and, and form this type of community. You know, those of you who have been coming in and, and been part of the in-person, is one of the challenges we have is wearing these masks. <laughs> It's hard to connect with these masks on. It's hard to have good conversations with these masks on. It's hard to meet new people with these masks on. I get it. It's a challenge. It's a challenge for us all. And I know that our small groups and our smaller gatherings where we really found connection in the past and they're not being consistent throughout the year, that's a challenge. I just want to say that I understand it's a challenge for all of us. We've all felt disconnected. We've all felt disengaged. We've all had a hard time engaging in this type of community. I just want to tell you that. Even as a pastor, I had a hard time. So you're not alone. It's been a challenge. It's affected us all. But instead of using that to pull back from community, I'm using it this year in 2021 to engage more in community because I realize how much more I need it, how much more I want that to be the life of our church, how many people out there in society are needing this that God has already called us into and shown us how it works, how many more people need that in their life? We got to be that church. We got to learn how to invest in each other's lives. We got to open up with one another. We got to be intentionally reaching out to those that we haven't seen in a while so that we can continue to build up this community God's called us to build up. So how do we do this? How, how do we do this in the world, in the changing world, and, and, and the way things are right now, and all the challenges are here? When church feels different, sees, seems different, how do I continue to have this type of community? Well, the writer of Hebrews says that we got to hold on tight. we got to hold on to this. We can't swerve from this. We have to continue to make this a priority. And what is that? Gathering together. Being together. Now, I'm so thankful that through technology... We don't always have to be always in the same space, right? Uh, that's kind of the beauty. But I want to tell you, it does bring a challenge because if you're just online only, that's not enough for you, is it? If you just show up here for 70 minutes and you leave, that's not enough for you, is it? That's not the way God intended it to be. He wants us to be involved with more. You know, a while back when I was talking about the heart of our church, I said this is that our church strives to not be a church where you know everybody because this church is supposed to grow. We're going to get new people coming in, but it will be a church where everybody will be known. And in order for that to happen, <laughs> you got to step out. you got to reach out. Anybody who's walking in here first time, you got to be the one that's coming to them. You can't wait for me or for somebody on staff to show them the ropes. you got to be the church. you got to be the one that steps out. you got to be the one and you got to change your view of church. This church isn't just a gathering of people, but it's a people who gather with a purpose. And that purpose is to meet with God and to meet with one another. And it's going to require some change. It's going to require some change of perspective. God never intended or designed for our faith to be lived out in isolation. That's why he says that you got to spur each other on. That you got you to be the one to press and challenge and move and provoke people to where God wants them to be. 
You know, the, the original language, this Greek word, this phrase, spur each other on. I thought it was very interesting because what, what it says is that, is that um, it's kind of like uh, running a marathon. Any runners in the room? Any long-distant runners? You know, as, 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 as somebody who's new to, you know, just running and doing some, some mile. I, I probably do three miles. Don't laugh, okay? Um, but I get in the middle. I know somebody's laughing right over here, you know, cross, cross country. But, you know, you... you uh, you know, you get to a point where you just, you, you can't, when you do a long distance run, you get to a point where you just want to quit, especially if you're not used to it. And you get tired, you get worn out, and you, you, you and this, this whole idea of spurring each other on is somebody coming alongside that person, picking them up and walking with them, not just encouraging them with words, but shouldering the load. That's why Galatians 6.2 says, carry each other's burdens in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. The law of Christ. What did Christ tell us? He said, what's his law? He says, I give you a new command. Love God and love people. He says, the whole world will know you're my disciples by how you love one another. In other words, how you live this community life out. That's what the world is seeing. We're not going to go out there and tell, uh, convince people that Jesus loves them if we're not showing love to one another and love to them as they come in as they are. He says, that's going to be the sign that in order for us to grow in this, we got to continue to meet together. We can't neglect this. We can't. We got to make this a priority to be together, to be in life and in community with one another, to gather, to be part of this. So I want to give you a couple things as, as we wrap up here. And where's the challenge? The challenge is, is that you got to do your part. <laughs> You know, I'm going to do everything I can to keep preaching this. I'm going to do everything I can to help facilitate this. But you have to do your part. You've got to take responsibility for your church. You've got to say, I'm part of this family. See, church is not just a place we go, but it's a family we belong to. Right? We know that. We've been preaching that for, for years. No one stands alone, right? That should mean something to everybody who calls Grace Church home. So how do we do that? Well, we've got to be intentional. Like you got to put this into practice. you got to make this a priority. I mean, I could sit there and, and say this over and over again, but unless you step out, it's not going to happen. But we got to step out. We have to choose to engage. Now, there's going to be some opportunities given. I, I'm super excited because in the next couple of weeks, you're going to hear more about some of the things that we have planned for our church community to help create this community, to help create relationships you're going to hear announcements about gatherings and events and all that. I'm telling you, you've got to be intentional. You've got to be engaged. You've got to show up. You've got to be part of it. You know, one thing that I've been really proud about our church is that, is that you guys have used social media really well. There's like some strong men and women Facebook pages. And if you're not part of that, you need to get on that. And I've, I've heard and I've seen on the men's side that there's like times where guys need prayer or connection or encouragement. It's happening there. I love it. If you're not part of that, then get part, get plugged in and engage and contribute and comment and, and, and start building that up. I know if some of you can't meet in, in person yet, that's okay, but there's other ways, but be intentional. Another thing I want to say is serve. Serve. Be part of, 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 of the life of this church. And when it comes to life is when we serve, when we, when we give our lives away, Jesus said. So are you serving? I know that our lives can, we can go through seasons where we just don't have a lot of time. I get that. 
That shouldn't be the long-term thing, but I know sometimes there's seasons, okay? So please hear me. But if you can, find a place to serve. If you can't come in person, there's places that you could do that from home or other ways. If you need some more uh, uh, opportunities and you want to talk to somebody, go to info at gcfw.org and you can, you can send us an email and say, hey, I'm willing to serve. This is what I can do. Somebody will help you engage and connect. But you know, some of my closest friends, some of the people that reached out to me that were intentional, some of the best relationships I had has been people that I served with. You know, I get put into this team. I, I didn't know anybody. I would show up and, and I would start serving with these people, come alongside them and we'd start having small talk and that small talk started turning into some deeper talks and, and sooner or later they started to get to know me and I got to know them and I would show up to serve and they would know something was up. And I'd say, hey, are you okay? And I'd say, oh, actually this is what's going on. And, and when you're with the body of Christ, they encourage you and they come surround you and and they start saying, hey, can we pray? And there was some meaningful, powerful moments in those times that I've served and built those relationships with the people that I served. Some of us are missing out. We're missing out on so much because we're not engaged. You know, I look at it this way, and I've shared this before, but imagine our phones, our smartphones, right? We've got like this iPhone and it's got all these cool apps, all these apps that could do anything and everything, right? You can get an app for that. What if we just use that phone just to text people? I think for some of us, if we're just going to church and we're just showing up for 70 minutes and we're walking away and, and church is only for 70 minutes of our entire week, then we're basically not using all the potential that God called our church to be, right? We're only getting that little piece. If you're just watching online and you just tune in and then as soon as you turn it off, you go along with everything else and you don't engage with your church family. If you don't connect with your church family, then you're doing the same thing. And church is so much more than just the 70-minute experience on a Sunday. It's so much more. And if that's all you've gotten, then I'm sorry that somebody hasn't led you in the right direction. But I'm telling you now that church is so much more. There's so many things. We're a body. We're, we're all here together on purpose for a purpose. And you have gifts that I need. And, I, and, and, and we need to share that. We need to grow together. We need to, we need to move in that direction. We need to be a church that understands this. So where do we fit in all this? Where's God calling you to? What are some areas you need to adjust? What are some parts that you wrestle with, some challenges that have stopped in this community? Because we can blame everyone else. We can say, hey, they're not doing enough or, or, or nobody's inviting me. I mean, we could have that little pity party. I get it. But I'm challenging you to break through that. I'm challenging you to step up, to take scripture for what it says and say, you know what? I'm here for a reason. I'm here to be part of this. I want to link up. I want to open my life. Where do I fit? Where do I, where do I step into? And I believe that the Holy Spirit is calling you. He's been calling you. I think some of you have been wrestling with this for a long time. You've been part of this community for a long time and you just don't feel like you're, you're bringing it to that next level. And God's saying, it's so simple. Will you just trust me? I've already given you that first step, but you just have not taken it because maybe pride's in the way. Maybe, maybe whatever, God's giving it to you right now. I believe God's speaking to you. This is the Holy Spirit right now. And he's wanting you to engage. He's wanting you to reconnect. Now, let me tell you, there's going to be a challenge. Some of us in the next couple of months are going to start to re-engage back in the church. 
People are going to start coming and filling these seats. People are going to come from the community and start coming to a new church. I mean, that's all going to happen. And some of you, you haven't been in church for 10, 11 months. You haven't engaged and reconnected with all these people. It's going to take us time. Can we have grace for each other? You're going to come back and you're going to be like, man, it doesn't feel the same. It doesn't seem the same. Guess what? It's not the same. You've changed. We've changed. Everything's changed. So can we just have grace for each other and don't let change be the hindrance of not re-engaging with the community God's called you to? Can you show up and say, you know what, I'm going to be determined. I'm going to put this into practice. I'm going to put my life out there. I'm going to link up with people. I'm going to be intentional. I want to do this. That's you today. I just want to pray over you because I know this is hard. And maybe some of you are hurt right now because of communities like this that overpromise and underproduce. You know, have grace. Have grace. Trust the Lord through His Word. So if you're here, can you stand? And I just believe I got to pray for somebody who needs some healing in this area. But I also got to pray for some of you who know the challenge. You know what God's saying to you. And I just want you to surrender that to Him. And say, here I am, Lord, use me. This church, this church has a calling. This church has a mission that God's called us to that's unique for this moment in history and for this community. I want you to be part of it. We're not going to get there without you. But in order for this to happen, we got to be one. So what's that going to take? Father, I just lift up anybody here watching or in this room right now, God, that when I say these things, when I talk this way, Lord God, it brings up, it triggers them back to a place of feeling and emotion, God, where they might have felt rejected. They might have felt hurt. God, somebody did offend them, Lord. Somebody did hurt them, Lord God. Somebody somebody did make them feel, Lord God, that they didn't belong, Lord. And I just pray, God, that you would just help them to release that hurt to you, God, to say, God, I, I, I don't want to hold this on any longer, God. I pray, Father, that they let go of that, Lord God that they just know that, God, we're all flawed. We're all broken, Lord God. And I pray, God, that you would just heal their heart and show them that they are more than enough. Show them that they are part of this, Lord, that they have something to contribute. I pray, God, that they would forgive. They would let go and they can receive, God, all that you have for them, Lord, that they would see church in a whole new perspective, Lord. God, I pray for the rest of us, God, that might feel challenged. We've been sidelined for too long. We've been, we've been just watching, being spectators. We want to be participators. We want to be in and middle of your mission, Lord. And so, God, I pray that you start in the next few months, Lord God, start opening up opportunities for them. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you just quicken their spirit when those opportunities happen and they just say yes, Lord. That they're making a commitment right now to say yes to the opportunities that you're going to bring before them, God. That they've made the decision today, right now, that says if I get asked... If I see a need, I'm running to it because I want to practice this. I want to live this out. So God, I pray that they have the boldness and courage for that day and that they just plug in today, God, and plug in however they, you're leading them to, Lord. I pray for our church, God. I thank you so much for the church body. There's been so many people that have enriched my life and surrounded my life, God, from this church body, God, that has helped strengthen my family, helped encourage us to keep on going, God. And so, God, I pray, Father God, that every person that calls Grace Church home will find that too, Lord. I believe that. I believe you're surrounding us with the right people, God. So help us to build stronger bonds and love. We love you, God. We thank you for this church. In Jesus' name. And the church says, amen. That means you agree. That means you're on, you're on the right track. So God bless you. Have a wonderful week. We love you guys. Stay plugged in. Stay connected. We'll see you next week.